0: Tune your ear to wisdom and cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Project Philippians, a deep dive into one of the richest treasure mines in scripture. I'm delighted to have you join me today for another excavation into an amazing 2,000-year-old book. Hey, welcome back, friends. It is great having you here this is your first time. Uh, We've been going through uh, a study of the city of Philippi as recorded in the book of Acts, and I encourage you to go back to the first session if you haven't uh, started there. For those of you who have been with me all along this journey, I just want to commend you because the fact that you've stuck with me this long is just a testament to your determination to seek after God. And uh, I just want to say good on you for that. And uh, with that in mind, let's ask him to meet with us. Lord God Almighty, I thank you for this book and these stories and the incredible treasures that are buried here. Lord God, let your spirit open our eyes so that we can see the treasures that you have hidden here for us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, amen. So, last time we were looking at the earthquake, and more to the point, we were looking at the transformative power of worship that can shake us and transform us. And today, we are going to now look at the aftermath of the earthquake, kind of like the uh, journalists who visit the earthquake site to see what it caused. We're going to take a look at this earthquake uh, situation and find out what it produced. So, we're going to start... Well, last week we got up to verse 26, we'll start there again. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison house was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. And when the jailer had been roused out of sleep and had seen the prison doors opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. And he called for the lights And he rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he had brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved, you and your household. Okay, this is a power-packed passage, and some really, really important verses are in this place. And one of the things that you're going to notice right off is how dramatic of an event this was for the prison guard himself. Now, you need to put yourself in his sandals, so to speak. Port yourself back in time 2,000 years ago. You're a Roman soldier. Uh, You've probably seen many battles. Uh, Maybe you're getting on in years, so you're assigned to the prison. Uh, There's some clues in the text that he lived upstairs with his family, and the prison was down maybe in the basement. And uh, as a Roman, you are, you know, you're a polytheist. You, I'm sure he probably went that weekend to the temple of Caesar uh, that was in town. And he said, Caesaros Curios, Caesar is Lord. Burn some incense to Caesar. And maybe he genuflected towards some of the other temples in the area for to Apollo or whoever else. But this day he's on duty and he was ordered to put these prisoners into the inner prison, so he assumes they're probably some terrible scoundrels. And so he locks them up securely, and then he goes upstairs. He lies down in bed after a hard day of work, and the noise that he hears dumbfounds him. Instead of hearing the normal screams and complaints and cries from his basement, he hears singing. He hears some crazy men singing to a God that he's never heard of before. Well, he probably drifts off to sleep puzzled by that. And only a couple hours later, he is shaken out of his bed, by an earthquake that is rattling his entire home. And terrified, he rushes down to the prison and his worst nightmare is come true. The prison doors are opened and the chains are off. And he knows exactly what that means. All of his prisoners, which he had sworn to guard with his own life, clearly had escaped. It was quiet, it was dark, and they were long gone in his mind. And so there's only one honorable thing that he could think to do in that moment. And in his terror and his confusion, he unsheaths his sword. You can just picture in your mind the sound of that metal unsheathing in the night, in the darkness. And he's about to kill himself, but somebody else heard that noise of that unsheathing sword. Well, actually, we're not told how Paul knew what he was about to do because it was dark. Uh, Perhaps he heard the noise. Perhaps he had a prophetic vision of it. Perhaps he could just see the man silhouetted uh, against the door in the night sky. We don't know. But all we know is that Paul puts a stop to what is about to happen. And so right there in that prison, three words rang out. By the way, they ring out loudly. The word that was used just a few verses earlier to describe how powerful the earthquake was is the same adjective that's now used to describe how loudly Paul cries out. It's as if Luke, the author, is trying to suggest that the earthquake may have shaken the prison walls, but Paul's words shook the prison guard. Three words don't harm yourself. Don't harm yourself. Think of the compassion in those words i mean here's paul calling out to the man who was partly responsible for the pain and agony that he and silas had been experiencing all evening long and yet he's not angry he's not bitter or vengeful he's just compassionate he cares about this man he says don't harm yourself i'm struck by how relevant those words are even today especially among youth it's it's tragic how many horrid ways young people have found to harm themselves these days. I feel like these words need to be emblazoned on youth group walls everywhere. Don't harm yourself. But how, how did this impact the prison guard? Imagine what must have been going on in his mind. This earthquake had not only shaken him awake, but it had shaken his entire soul awake. He is on edge, and when he hears... When he hears Paul shouting, something changes in his life. Something immediately is transformed in his life, he, but he's still he's still completely baffled about what's going on. And so he calls for the lights and then he rushes in and it says, trembling with fear, That word trembling in the Greek is tremo. It's the word we get tremors from. So I'm I'm thinking that this is a picture of an aftershock, right? This is, is, metaphorically speaking, this is the after tremors of the earthquake are now still rumbling in his heart and trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. And he says to them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What this earthquake did in his life was it turned him upside down. Even that phrase, sir, the way he addresses them, sir, in the Greek, it's kurios. It's the same word that was used earlier in this chapter of the owners of the of the demon-possessed girl. They were the lords. That's the word lord that he uses when he says, lords, what must I do to be saved? Now, you need to understand that everything that he believed a few hours before had been absolutely flipped on its head. He believed that his prisoners were in chains, but he realizes that I'm the one who needs to be saved or delivered. He believed that uh, he was their Lord. Now he realizes that, that they are his Lord. He believed that they should bow at his feet. Now he's bowing at their feet. He thought that he was in the light and they were in the darkness, but it, he was the one who had to call for the lights. He thought his life was over just a moment ago. But now it's just beginning. beginning everything has been flipped upside down. The earthquake had transformed his soul. And so he comes and bows down before them. And he asks what I believe to be the most important question in all of the book of Acts, maybe the most important question in the entire Bible. What must I do to be saved? In Greek, these are just like one-syllable words. It's like he's in such shock that all he can muster is just some monosyllabic stammering. What must I do to be saved? Interesting question, isn't it? The word saved, uh, in Greek it's sozo. Uh, it's a very common word in, in Greek, uh, but most often it was used of being rescued or delivered from mortal peril. Uh, later in the book of Acts, we hear the sailors uh, are desperate to be saved from the storm. It can also mean to be saved from a disease or sickness. It's the idea that I am in trouble unless somebody from the outside rescues me. And the guard assumes that he must somehow do something to earn this saving, the salvation. He must do something in order to be rescued. So one more belief is about to get turned upside down because in in his mind, as in so many minds today, we believe that we've got to do something. We've got to earn our way into the favor of the person who can do something for us. We've got to earn it. We've got to perform in order to be saved or to be rescued. But Paul turns that upside down And he answers, the very first word in his answer is belief. Belief. What kind of a work is that? What kind of an action is that? Just believe. Believe what? Well, now, in our world, we hear a lot about faith and just believe. If you believe in yourself, you can do anything or, you know, just have faith. But the emphasis is not on the action of believing It's on the object of whom we are believing. And Paul makes it very clear, believe in the Lord Jesus. There's that word Lord again, that same word that we were talking about a moment ago, kurios. The Lord, it is the word for the one who has all power over you. And uh, again, if he was in the temple uh, saying Caesar is Lord, he knew the awesome dictatorial totalitarian power that the Caesar had over all of Rome. And when he said Caesar is Lord, he he meant you are in charge of everything. You are my Lord. You have power of life and death in your hands. Caesar to them was basically God. He was the closest thing to God in, in human form that they knew. So they believed that Caesar was divine. He says, you, you thought this morning that Caesar was your all-powerful Lord and God. I'm here to tell you that there is a new emperor that has come to town. He is Jesus and he is the Lord. And all you have to do is recognize that Jesus is your Lord and you will be saved and it will transform you and it will spread from you throughout your whole household. There's something about the simplicity of that answer that just is stunning to me. Just about every cult that's out there gets it wrong on this point. And there's a lot of churches that have gone off the rails because they've added something else to that answer. To a lot of cults, the answer to how to be saved is believe and perform, believe and obey, believe and do all the things that uh, are spelled out in the book. But Paul makes it clear that the true salvation that only Jesus can provide comes as we simply understand in our hearts and in our minds that Jesus is the Lord of the universe. He is our supreme Lord. Now, there's going to be all sorts of behavioral changes that are going to come as a result of that belief, but those behavioral changes are not what saves you. It's simply realizing that Jesus is Lord. And everything else that comes after that will simply be proof of the reality of your belief. But the belief itself is what saves us. I just think it's so beautiful how this man was changed and transformed. In our next session, we're going to see the transformation in his life that, that is that was launched from this very moment but for now I just want us to reflect on the reality that sometimes God has to shake us to get our attention he has to shake us to wake us and he woke up this jailer and he turned his life upside down and he said everything that you've been believing up till this point is wrong and the reality is that Jesus is Lord and he saw it He felt it, and he was transformed by it. And I pray that you will be too. Lord God Almighty, as we look at this story, as we're reminded of your great power, not only to shake the world, but to shake our souls, we ask that you would continue to help us to believe, to believe day in and day out how amazing it is to bow at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. We we'll love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. It's been an honor to have you spend this time with me, but don't let it end here. May the words of God continue to resonate in your heart transform your life until the day you meet our glorious King and Savior face to face.